Welcome, Brittany. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, I did a slight bit of like sleuthing on your Instagram just to get an idea of who you are. And um, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I know you're a veteran. I don't know where, what you served in, but now you are a fitness coach of the sort. Um, and I really love your content, especially revolving around your, I think, recent pregnancy. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to take a second, like introduce yourself? Correct me if I was wrong on anything I said. Spot on. Um, I, was a I was, I served in the air force. So the best force, I know you're what Navy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we're all, we're all sisters, right? But we yeah. still got yeah. fun, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was the air force and I did Intel analysts. I was an Intel analyst. Um, we did a lot of stuff or I did a lot of stuff with like the drones, um, or the UAVs, whatever technical term you want to call it nowadays. Um, so we did a lot of missions in the Middle East, in Africa. Um, and yeah, so I did eight years and then I decided that, um, fitness was more my passion. So during my, my military service, I was one of those PTLs. So I was always helping people getting into shape for their PT tests or if someone failed their PT tests. Um, I was the one taking them to the gym and helping them with their push-ups or sit-ups, their run. And, um, I realized when I saw people get like super excited on being able to pass it or just seeing like the changes mentally and physically, like that was something I wanted to continue. So I decided to get out. Um, I got my MBA in Vegas, so University of Las Vegas, because I was stationed at Creech Air Force Base, um, which is north of Vegas. But you live in Vegas because it's literally a trailer town. Um, <laughs> and so I went, got my MBA at the at UNLV, and just kind of built um, a fitness, not empire, I want to say it's there yet, but, um, <laughs> a fitness realm and kind of, you know, just evolving from there. Um, I do have four kids, so I do, do talk about like my pregnancy because one thing I did notice, especially, um, in the fitness realm and with women is people don't know how to work out pregnant women. And even the hospitals give out very outdated information about pregnancy and working out. And so I did tailor a lot of my stuff to that. And right now, a lot of my content is, um, it is very based on women because a lot of majority of my clients are women. However, I'm going back to school because I clearly like, I'm a nerd, I guess. So I'm going <laughs> back to school. Um, for physical therapy, because what I realized with my clients, and as I said, like the business keeps evolving, is a lot of my clients, like they were like, oh, my shoulder hurts. Like I'm peeing when I exercise. And mm -hmm. like, it's a very common, um, it's a, um, a pelvic floor dysfunction, but a lot of women don't realize that. So it's, it's common, but it's not normal. So, um, so one of the things is like, okay, evolving, like what's the next step to help my clients and to grow my business is, so now I'm going to physical therapy school so then I could, you know, 
pelvic sports injury and pelvic floor. And honestly, I'm thinking about coming back into the military um, as a PT so then I can continue helping like service members and veterans. I kind of grow from there. That is so cool. You have like so much that you want to do. I know. I That's the same way I feel when I started this podcast. I was like, do I have the time? And I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, um. and here's the, like, the beautiful thing too is like, I don't know about you, but like for me, like when I start something, I don't know how it's going to look. And I'm just like, okay, you just do it. And then yeah. let the clients, let the people tell you how to evolve it. Yeah, absolutely. Like- you can, I can easily sit here and overanalyze like everything that I'm thinking about doing, or I could just start and, you know, not really kind of wing it and fake it till you make it to a bit, but like you still owe who, whatever clients you have a good service. So like making sure I'm educated enough to provide a service, but also just you're never going to start if you wait until you're perfect. So that's good. I'm glad to see everything that you're doing. Yeah, I like. I agree with you. Like, you sometimes do got to fake it until you make it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, that's kind of honestly how a lot of my stuff is, is like, I, all right, disclosure, like, yeah, I do like a fake it until <laughs> I'm making it, I guess. Yeah, well, you have, yeah, I totally get it. I think you have to. Um, what years did you serve in the Air Force? Joined in 2009 and then I got out in 17. Okay. About five years ago. Nice. And what, um, when did you start? Have you, had you always, um, had like a passion for fitness? Like, were you raised with an active family or how did that, when did your passion for fitness start? Uh, honestly, I think, um, so my parents divorced when I was in middle school and um, like what I did to kind of, I don't know, like deal with it was I played sports. And so, you know, I was always outside shooting hoops and playing basketball. And so when I got from middle school to high school, weightlifting and conditioning and stuff became very, very you know, important in, you know, in the sport. So I kind of started, you know, weightlifting and doing track and doing all the camps and stuff. So then I could like continue working out, working out. Um, so I think it honestly started because my parents got a divorce and it was my way of dealing with it. And then Mm -hmm. even in the military, there was, um, a couple traumatic, I guess, experiences, if you will, um, where I did have to turn to fitness. So as, you know, an Intel analyst, like you, like you have a top secret clearance, so you can't just tell someone like, Hey, this is what I saw today. Like you can't have those conversations because again, your security clearance that need to know. So one of the times was my fiance or my husband, but fiance at the time, um, he deployed to Afghanistan. So one of his missions, like even though he was Air Force, so we both met in the Air Force, um, he was CE, but he was doing convoys with the army. So it wasn't, he was going into these like small fobs in Afghanistan and, you know, again, doing the UAVs in the Middle East, like Afghanistan was one of our main 
you know, things that we were doing, like, um, we were doing support for the ground troops. So there was one time, it was a couple days I didn't see or I didn't hear from my, uh, fiance or husband. I'll just say husband. Um, and so, you know, it worried me or whatever. And I knew he was at a specific fob and I go into work and, you know, the first thing they always do is they do like the pre-mission brief. So in the pre-mission brief, they tell you what's going on, like what to look forward to. Like this is what happened in the past 12 hours because we were doing Panama's. And so I go into work and the fob that my husband was at, there were like six Americans were killed and I lost it. I was like, I didn't hear from him. I didn't know if it was him because it was such a small fob. And ironically, there was an attack there. Um, so one of the things I did, like, I, I just, just wasn't mentally there. Like, you, like I said, you can't just, I can't call my parents or, you know, my friends be like, listen, like, this is what happened. Um, so I asked my supervisor, I was like, Hey, can I go to the gym? And they were like, yeah. Um, so I went to the gym and I got on that treadmill and I ran so fast. I like I if I did my PT test with that run that I did I probably would have got 100 like I was just sprinting and I think that's when I knew like fitness wasn't even just a physical thing for me it was like it was mentally it was like it was my escape and for me like sharing that with other people and telling other people like, listen, it doesn't have to be physical. Like there's so much more to working out and, um, like, and it doesn't even have to be at the gym, right? Like I just go to the gym because I personally like to lift weights, but, um, it could be anything. Just get your body moving because there's so many other benefits than just losing weight, which everyone seems to want to do. Um, and you know, when I had kids, I dealt with postpartum depression, which a lot of people, again, don't talk about, but again, that escape was me going to the gym because I knew what it did mentally. And that's why, because of all of those experiences from my parents' divorce to, you know, my military service and even postpartum depression, like using that and telling people and telling my story, like, listen, working out and just getting your body moving, like, there's so many benefits to that. And um, you just have to think more than just physically. And that's why I'm really passionate about it. I love following like fitness influencers that have the same mindsets that you do. And I don't remember the name of the girl. She has quite a large following in the probably over 200,000. And uh, if it comes to me, I will bring it up. But um, she, when she was pregnant, she would share videos of herself, like doing these like core exercises and squatting and deadlifting. And um, she just got destroyed on social media for lifting. And you could, she wasn't like overexerting her body or anything. She was just getting like good movement in and she just like kudos to her because she was really getting wrecked on social media and she just stuck to her guns and kept sharing about it anyway. And then this was a few years ago, but like she would start sharing studies about why this is 
like good for you and um, especially like core health. Like I've never had kids and I'm not like the biggest fitness person, but I, I do enjoy like lifting weights and taking walks with my dog and stuff. And, um, just even the mental, like uh, freeness kind of like just the, it really like, I took a nice, like 45 minute walk with my dog right before the podcast. And I was just like, man, I am ready for the day. Like it is Monday. I'm happy. And the sun is shining. Like, and I was like, who am I? (laughs) But it really is crazy. It is. And uh, like a lot of people don't realize like how good you can feel and going back mm-hmm. to um that fitness influencer there is a lot of people who don't understand the benefits of working out pregnant and I'm mm-hmm. glad so I'm glad she shared that because like I said there's so much outdated information and that's one thing I do try to tell like a lot of my clients and people I follow I'm like just because some people do have a large following there's they're not um, as knowledgeable in certain fields. So mm-hmm. just make sure like you are vetting certain things out and having people like be like, no, here are studies, like keep learning, like doing this. And so we could change that. And I got yeah. the same thing with like working out pregnant, but there's, I mean, you're, I'm not going to be doing freaking Spartan races nine months pregnant. But like the the benefits for the mom and for the baby are amazing, and mm-hmm. it's just like it does irritate me sometimes the like the naiveness and the ignorance when it comes to like fitness because they're like oh it's bad for the baby or it's bad for this or you know like even like getting away from the pregnancy side like oh squatting is bad for the knees and it's like okay no, it's not like there's certain things that we have to just kind of work around. And I I think one of the things, especially like with health and fitness is just keep learning and, you know, like follow people who do know, who want to continue to like tell you how things are meant to explain that because, um, like you said, you took a 45 minute walk and you feel great. And it's because all of those endorphins are coming. And like, if you get down to the chemical nature of it, um, those things are just so important to like, kind of understand and kind of like get into that feeling of why we do what we do. Yeah. Do you mind touching a little bit on like, uh, I don't know if you're like educated in the nutrition side or not, but if you're able to touch on that too, like what a woman should do from living a normal, active, healthy lifestyle to like switching into that preparing for pregnancy. And then when you are pregnant, like what shifts should you take as far as like your workouts and your nutrition and stuff like that? Honestly, the first trimester, you really don't have to make any changes. They're <laughs> excuse me. Um, so for nutrition wise, for the first trimester, you don't need any more additional calories. So that whole eating for two, like people think that's a thing. And that's like one of the worst things that you could get into that mentality. So that first trimester, you don't need any additional calories. You could continue working. If you're already working out, you can continue working out. Where it starts making those changes is when you start growing that belly in like that second or third trimester. So in that second trimester, you don't want to be laying flat on your back. Um, you're, I think it's around, I want to say about two to 300 more calories 
than your um, maintenance in the second trimester and the fourth trimester, or not the fourth, the third trimester <laughs> is, uh, I mean, there is a fourth trimester, but um, yeah. the third trimester is about additional like four to 500. So like that whole eating for two really is not something that a lot of pregnant women should get into that mentality. Um, mm -hmm. And then with working out, if you've been working out, keep working out, doing the same thing. Like I, my last pregnancy was twins. Um, and I mean, they were an uh-oh. So like trying to figure <laughs> out like how to eat and how to work out, whatever. But I honestly, well, I was, I was running up until like six months, like with my twins. Um, you just have to engage your core. You have to just be knowledgeable enough. Um, and just be careful. You have to listen to your body essentially. So that's like, mm -hmm. obviously a huge thing, which is why I started slowing down towards the end. Um, mm -hmm. because I just have huge babies. Like most babies <laughs> like come out like with twins that are like seven or five pounds like no mine were like seven pounds each and I'm like oh my god and I had Poor to thing. like I had to evict them I, like these kids would just not come out and so like you just have to listen to your body and a lot of that other stuff but I do I always try to encourage pregnant women to continue working out because it's just one, there's so many benefits. And then what would you say to, sorry, what would you say to pregnant women if they're like really feeling that like decline in energy? Um, to, cause you can't really chug an energy drink or you probably shouldn't <laughs> when you're pregnant. Um, but like what's something else that they could do to try to help like boost energy to their foods that they can eat or a morning routine or honestly exercise. Like I know it sounds so like counterintuitive, but like mm -hmm. taking a walk will get your energy levels up. Um, another misconception is like you can drink caffeine um, when you're pregnant. You're, the the recommendation is up to 200 milligrams. And if you think about it, like a cup of coffee is only like 70. Um, my When I was pregnant with the twins, I couldn't stomach, like I couldn't even stomach coffee. Um, so I just, it was just the walks. And just getting the blood flowing and get your body moving. Um, let's see. From apart from like the pregnancy, I guess shifting away from women and pregnancy, as far as like the military goes, is there, are there any like tools or anything you learned from your time in the military and being a I don't remember what you called it. We call them fitness leaders in the Navy, but being in a leadership position in the fitness realm, like do you carry some of that education over or is there anything you disagree with from your time in the military? Yeah. Um, because like a lot of the PTLs, like I wasn't, I just, so here's the thing that they did. They just picked someone who went to the gym and was passionate about it. They had no mm -hmm. expertise. Like looking back at where I was 10 years ago, like trying to give people fitness advice. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe like they trusted me. Um, I mean, I'm glad they did, but they just, um, and I noticed it here now too. So my husband, like I said, is still in the military. We're at, um, Altus, Oklahoma. I don't know if you know where that's at. It's like in the middle of nowhere, but <laughs> it, um, it's a tech school for the, um, load masters and boom operators. So I do still see like a lot of, um, 
airmen coming through the pipeline and their PTLs, like they'll tell me like their PT sessions. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, why are they still doing that? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think one shift that the military should do is do lean onto someone who actually is qualified and do more than just running. Like the, and I don't know how it is with everyone else, but I know with the Air Force, like with their PT is just, it's so much running. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And I do realize that the PT test is very run heavy, but we needed to be doing more than just push up, sit ups, and then a five mile run. And mm-hmm. I think one thing, um, just like when I was in the military and then just seeing it now and being out, I do think we need to have more people who are qualified to be like, okay, these are the exercises we really should be doing. This is how we should be preparing for a PT test. Like this is how, you know, you know, not be so run heavy because obviously running, yes, it is something you need to do, but I mean, we need to be doing more than just push-ups and sit-ups for an, a workout. And yeah, that's one thing that I do think like the military does need to change. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. And I think that's the, exactly how it is in the Navy too, to be a, we call them CFLs, command fitness leader. You just have to have an excellent or higher. So it's like the th- second best score. Um well, you can max it out. You get an outstanding and then an excellent. And then below that is good. So it's like the middle. You just have to be middle of the pack in order to be a fitness leader. And then you get, you don't even have to get the education. And I don't know what they teach in that school, but um, it's, it is just a lot of people that really love working out and then want to make everyone else feel bad about themselves because they're not on the leader's level. Mm-hmm. But um I think the Navy, I saw the Navy change. I just got out like two months ago um, and I was in for 10 years. Yeah. Um, But we definitely switched from like being focused on only doing push-ups and sit-ups to like doing more like they implemented like dynamic warm-ups, like kind of Mm -hmm. skipping in place and like knee knee hand kicks and stuff and um, which I actually appreciated. It would get you sweating a little bit, but it was better than just standing there doing static stretching. And and then our PT sessions, they did a lot of like circuit training. Like you'd run, you would jog a lap as a warm up, and then um, do some weird exercise someone made up, and and then jog a lap, and then uh, do planks or do something with a partner. So they at least, I think that they've done a good job at like implementing other exercises just to get a good like overall workout in. Um, but it definitely, I, I think, um, they have a long way to go, especially with like senior leadership. Like, I think that, I don't know if you agree with me, but if you're going to be like a senior enlisted leader or even an officer, you should be a leader in like all aspects of the military rather than just in your job. And like, even from like nutrition, because let's be real, once you're a leader in the military, you become that, the the subordinates, you have to know when they buy a car and you have to know when they get married or have a kid. So why not know like what kind of food they're putting into their body or teaching them like good nutrition and a good, like good mental health uh, practices and stuff like that. And I think that if 
I don't know. There's so much put on senior leadership, but I think that that's like a huge missing piece that I noticed. Too. I like completely agree. Um, I, I, yeah, I, everything that you just said is definitely <laughs> something like I agree with. Um, because I, so my husband, he, um, went from enlisted to officer. And so like, I, he's, I think like a really good example. Cause he's always like, well, I gotta go to the gym. I, you know, I'm in the air force. Like I gotta show people like it's all aspects. And I, and I agree with that because mm-hmm. like how you're supposed to be well-rounded, right? Like the enlisted performance reports, the EPRs, and I don't know how it was with the Navy, but they always wanted that whole person concept, which included, you know, the personal professional development, but health and fitness, like the PT test was a huge one. And one thing like I am kind of like annoyed about is the PT test isn't really hard to begin with. If you're already like taking the actions of like working out. Um, and they made the requirements less strict. Um, and then they gave people different options. Like I, at least with the air force, um, they gave them like different options that you could choose from. And I'm like, why are we making it easier when we should just be promoting it overall? Like it shouldn't be just promoted just to pass a PT test. There are so many benefits on why you should be working out throughout your whole life. At the age Mm -hmm. of 30, you start losing muscle mass. 30. Like, so every 10 years you're losing like um, a couple percent of muscle mass. So strength training is so important. For women, we're more prone to osteoporosis as we age. Strength training helps combat that. Um, And then obviously, like all of the diseases that come with not working out. And so I think it needs to be more approached overall and changed overall. And nutrition does play such a huge part. Like you are 1000% correct. Like you can't out train a bad diet. So like how you, you have to kind of almost think of it as food is fuel. And if you want to perform better, you want to be better, you want to feel better. Like your food is going to do that. Like you're not going to put some shitty gas in your car and hope it runs. Right. Like you can't expect that with your body. And I think that like the military overall needs to just overhaul the whole fitness and nutrition um, aspect. And I know they're also, and I do think they need to do the mental health aspect as well because it all plays into that whole person concept. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I think um, from personal experience, my time in the military wrecked my relationship with food. And it like, I am just learning all of these things that I'm just like, oh my, and it's hard to uh, literally reprogram your brain around food. And just from so much like, I mean, it really is almost kind of binge eating in the military because you don't get I, I was an air traffic controller so you don't get a lunch break um you either if it's slow traffic you eat while you control or you wait until you're off shift to eat again or get sometimes you can get someone to relieve you um but even just like let's say you're on deployment or you're in like boot camp and the food is horrible in boot camp 
and then you're so excited when you get out. So you go eat a ton of food and it's the same thing. Like throughout the workday, you are deprived of food and then you get out and you're like, oh, what tastes good? And you're like, oh, McDonald's or Taco Bell. And it just, and next thing you know, that's your whole lifestyle. And then just taking in like the vending machines are stocked with candy bars and junk food and sugary energy drinks and no, like not even like a diet pop or soda option. Like it's, why can't we get some like fruit, <laughs> you know, or even just like a trail mix. Like I'd be happy with trail mix or, um, but then you have one thing, a trail mix next to Doritos. What are you going to pick? Like, Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. And then it's, you, it's just breeding this extremely unhealthy lifestyle. And, um, I don't think I noticed it when I was in, but now that I'm out, I'm like, geez, I have so much to learn and just take it a day at a time. <laughs> yeah. And it, and you're right. Like it's like when I was in, like, I didn't really know much about like nutrition and you're right. Like you're either on the go and you're stuffing your face. And then when you get out, like, Honestly, like everyone says that they lost weight in boot camp. I gained weight. Okay. Like I am like, how does that even happen? <laughs> um, yeah. So I gained weight. Um, I was one of those little chow hall like people. So I was the last to eat. So I was always stuffing my face because, you know, you only get what, like 10 minutes or I don't know. It's been yeah. so long. But, like, you get such a short amount of time, and I was the last one, so I'm, like, stuffing my face. Um, and I didn't, like, really know about nutrition. Like, I would be scooping up peanut butter like it was my job. And looking back at it now, like, peanut butter is it's a healthy fat, but fats have 9 calories per gram compared to protein and carbs. So, like one or the serving size for peanut butter is two tablespoons and if you mm -hmm. ever measure out a tablespoon that's not very much no and that's 190 calories like so if you're eating a crap ton of peanut butter like that adds up real quick and mm -hmm. like I said you can't out train a bad diet despite how much PT you're doing in boot camp and then um like once I did get out I like, I have an Oreo addiction. It's really bad. Like, I, <laughs> excuse me, like, I had, like, so many packs of Oreos, and I was, like, secretly eating them in my, like, dorm room, because I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. an Oreo sounds good. And, you know, again, two of those, like, it's only 140 calories. And I don't want to, like, get people caught up on, like, counting calories. It's just being more aware, right? Like, everything yeah. modern. Um, I'm not very strict with my diet. Like, I don't think that's sustainable. Like all mm -hmm. I'm saying is you just gotta be aware. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're right. Like, and nobody, they don't teach you this. Like as a yeah. young airman, like you literally go from, cause I joined when I was 18. So you literally go from the house of your parents to uncle Sam. And now they're, like you said, now they're your parents and you don't have like a lot of that guidance or a lot of that education on how to you know eat right or exercise right or I mean honestly like be financially right like some of these young airmen and 
I made this mistake too. When I got my reenlistment bonus, I bought it on a brand new car and that was probably one of the worst mistakes I ever did. My husband (laughs) still to this day talks about it. And he was like, you should have never bought that car. And I was like, I know. But I mean, these are the things that I think overall the military needs to start working on. And I know they have the Airman Ready, what is it, Airman Family Readiness Center, and they have those programs. But I think like we need to, leadership needs to start like implementing it and I don't know, like in processing with the squadron or, I mean, there's different ways that we could definitely implement it, but I mean, I think so right. Like there's so much education and revamping that I think a lot of us, the squadrons really do need to start doing. Absolutely. And it's, you're only gonna, if you literally fuel your whole military force with like good food you're just gonna get a better performing military rather than like let's throw reenlistment bonuses at them and not teach them how to be better at their job but let's give them more money and they'll stay like i don't know it's i'm not there anymore so this is just just my two cents in hindsight you know but let's switch to more of like the business side so when did you actually start your business? What was that process like? Did you use any like VA benefits to help you? No. So, you know, when we were talking about, uh, faking it, so you're making it, that was honestly yeah. like a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the military does have something called, uh, boots to business and it mm-hmm. is a course. And, um, I think it was through, and for the air force, it was through the airman family readiness center. Um, but they, they do kind of give you like some resources and like a little book where you could kind of, you know, figure out if you do need funding and if you want to go into franchising and stuff like that. So it is a very good intro, um, course. Like I said, it's called, yeah, I took it as well. Yeah. And it's, and it's a great start. Um, but so yeah, faking it to make it. So I, um, cause I was thinking like, once I start this, like I'm going to be like this huge new fitness influencer and just have this whole empire and I'm going to be making six figures and all this stuff and I need to pay taxes. And, um, that's not what happened, but I am glad that I did file the LLC because there is like a lot of tax benefits with that. Um, I did mine through Nevada, so you don't have to pay income, uh, tax or state tax. So that kind of helps. So there's a couple different states where you could do it. Honestly, I did legal zoom and they filed it for me. Um, and so I do have that umbrella of an LLC. Like I said, when I have my tax lady, um, do my taxes. Cause you know, once you get married and kids and houses and whatever, it gets like too complicated for TurboTax. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, TurboTax is really great. Mm-hmm. if you're in the military because it's free uh yeah so side note uh <laughs> but no so there is like a lot of benefits of having like a filed llc so that's kind of how i started um then i like i said i went to you know got my mba because what i initially wanted to do is i wanted to have my own studio um so like a spin cycle studio clearly that didn't happen because i didn't realize how much money i needed up front and you know my husband's still in so there was like a lot of moving parts so then I was like okay so how can I create a business where you know my husband can still stay in I we can move or whatever so I decided to do most of my stuff online 
And again, that was like a whole evolving, trying to figure out what to do. Because I was at the time also an Orange Theory coach. Um, so, which is Orange Theory is a group fitness, um, group hit fitness type classes. And so I was like, oh, you know, like maybe I'll just do fitness for everyone. And one thing that I really wish I took the advice early on was niche it down. And so when I started, everyone, everyone was like, you got to niche it down. You got to niche it down. And I was like, no, I want to help everyone. And then, um, it became to women. And then the more I was involved in the fitness industry, the more I realized like how many people were doing the same exact thing. And then I was like, okay, so let's niche it down a little bit more. So then I was doing again with pregnancy. So, um, pregnancy and postpartum. And then again, I, I noticed a lot of women were you know, tailoring it to moms. And I was like, well, damn it. Like how <laughs> did I set myself out? Um, so now I'm in the whole rebranding again. Um, this year is now I'm doing female veterans and service members. So that's who my niche, my niche is now is helping people, you know, who want to pass their PT test or who have transitioned or whatever we've served. And those are the people mm-hmm. that I want to work towards because like, we all been through almost a very similar situation, right? Like everyone's experiences are different, but they're honestly very similar if you're looking at the big context. So niching down is something I always tell people like, yeah, you probably should niche down. And that's why um, I'm niching it down to service members and female veterans. And one of the things, this is another passion project, I guess, is um, I, I'm like launching this thing called women serve. T- so I don't know if you've had this experience, but like, I would always like, no one would recognize me as a female veteran or a female service member. Like even there was this one time, like I handed my military, my own military ID and I handed it to the person and the person was like, oh, is your husband in the military? And I was like, yeah, but so am I. Like, that's my ID. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, they were just like flabbergasted at the fact that I was in the military. And then uh, there was like another time where my husband and I were, we were traveling and we both handed our IDs. He got thanked for his service. And upgraded to first class. And then I didn't get anything. Like, not even a thank you or anything. Oh, my God. I'm like, are we serious right now? Like, both at the same time. So, for me, it was always, and honestly, I could keep going with different stories with this. But, like, it always irritated me that, and I get I'm a veteran now, and now I'm, like, a military spouse. But it always irritated me that even when I was in, no one would ask if I was in. They just assumed that I was the spouse. And that pissed me off. And I was like, no, women serve too. Women serve too. And that's like this passion project that I have right now is like 
listen, women do serve. Like we do the same exact thing that the guys do. We go through the same stuff. Like give us the recognition. And so one of the things that, again, kind of going back to what we were talking about, like not knowing the end goal, just kind of like letting people tell you how to like, how to evolve your business. Like that's kind of how I'm doing it now. Like right now I, I'm just doing merchandise right now because I'm like, I know I want this to be bigger than I can explain, but, Mm -hmm. um, right now let's do merchandise. Let's give to the charities that support female veterans. Learning about is that female vets tend to be more homeless than any other demographic. And really, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. Right. Like, isn't that shocking? Because like when people get out, like it's, it's never working dad. It's always working mom. So like if they're out, they're not getting the support because, you know, a lot of people don't give them the credit of their service or some women feel like they didn't des- or they don't deserve to be recognized because they only did four years or a couple years. And then they have the financial issues and not understanding. And then, um, uh, childcare and, um, uh, dealing with the kids because the kids will go with them. And so one thing that I did find out was that a lot of like female vets tend to have a higher demographic for being homeless. And, um, and there's a couple other ones too, a couple other stats. So right now what I'm trying to do is create the merchandise to give like 10% of the profits to these charities and then kind of build from there and then tailor it or mirror it. Or marry it, I guess would be a better word. Marry it <laughs> with the fitness side where I'm, you know, helping the female vets and service members with the fitness and the nutrition. But then we're helping and giving back to like the female cha- female vet charity. That is awesome. I 100% agree with you. And me and uh, a woman named Stephanie, I think her podcast episode might be the one coming this week. Um, I don't remember, but we went on this like 25 minute tangent about like how women don't get recognized and that she owns a coffee shop in Northern California. And she said that like people would come in and ask her, even though she is clearly the owner, if she claimed her husband's military service as a veteran owned business because she was married to him. And um, now like the it's she's a welcome part of the community and all the like the old you know Vietnam vets come hang out at her coffee shop now and love her but she was like it took a minute I had to really like prove to people that I served and they I still get double takes from new people and um same to me like I just I'm not one to like brag about serving but if it does come up like I have veteran owned business on my website I think it's in my Instagram bio and then when I go to like vendor fairs I have a little frame that says like veteran owned business and I have like the navy chief um like logo on there cuz mostly cuz it's a conversation starter um yeah. but some people see the sign and they're like veteran owned business huh and I'm like yep and they're like are you the owner of the business and I'm like yep and they just like have to like I don't know why they second guess it when it's not new like women have been in the military or helping with the military for almost 100 years and 
Um, I don't get why it's still hard, but on on the flip side, playing a little bit of devil devil's advocate, I think that us as women kind of do it to ourselves because not enough of us like speak out about it and are some of us are like hesitant to say that they served because either they like just want nothing to do with the military now or they just don't care to put up the fight. Yeah, and I think that's why like I'm I'm very passionate about it because you're right. Like <laughs> people just assume that they probably thought like your um your life partner or whatever boyfriend, right? Boyfriend? Mm-hmm. Like that was who probably served. So now you're you're identifying with him and you don't have your own identity. And I'm like, no. Like no. Women serve yeah. too. And that's why I'm like so passionate about this because like now it's like another thing too is just like when I was talking about working dad versus working mom one of my best friends, like she's still in and she's mill to mill, but she has to deal with more of the childcare side and all of that other stuff because she's the mom, but yet they're both mill to mill. So like she's having all these additional, um, struggles because she is the woman, but yet she's still serving alongside her husband. And, Mm -hmm. That's why I think we need to continue to be like, you know, boast it. Like, no, we do serve. I got my mm-hmm. DD214. Like, you know, and I think sometimes with women, like, we don't, we don't think, like, we don't, we don't like to brag, I think, as much as, like, guys do. Um and I think you're right. Like, we don't really talk about it enough, but I feel like we need to. Like, we yeah. need to be, to make that change and be like, listen, like, I did the same exact thing that he did. Like, mm-hmm. why are you treating me any different? Right. And it's, it's going to be a culture thing. But yeah, I understand. And I think it's just so frustrating because we never get enough credit. And I'm like, no. I did it. I deserve it. Mm -hmm. And no, I was talking to my grandpa. He's a Vietnam vet. And, um, and I guess that kind of goes back to like thinking like we don't deserve it or we didn't do enough. Um, because I told him, I was like, you know, I got, and you know, with Vietnam, like they definitely had PTSD. Like my grandpa straight up has PTSD. We didn't do them right when they came home. Yeah. Uh, So I was talking to him and I was like, you know, part of me feels like I should go back to the VA and get some more VA benefits because I swear I have insomnia from eight years of shift work and, and just like dealing with some of the things that mentally I dealt with. And he was like, you did your time. He was like, go and try to get your benefits. Like, don't think that there's not enough to go around. Like it's the government. And then yeah. he was like, you did your time. He was like, you get what you deserve. And that was kind of like where it kind of shifted my mind because I was like, well, I, my experience was different. It wasn't as bad as, you know, some people who saw combat, like, or the army where they deploy for a year at a time. Yeah. But he was like, no, you did your time, get what you deserve. And I think that was kind of like, yeah, maybe we, we women do need to start doing that because we do, we did our time and we need to mm-hmm. get what we deserve. 
Yeah, absolutely. I had a similar conversation with um, a retired friend of mine, and he, uh, I've said this on a few episodes too, but he basically um, compared the situation of a young guy that joined. He was in for like less than a year and claimed a lot of like mental health issues because of the Navy. And he got medically retired with a hundred percent disability within having been in less than two years. And I'm not, I don't know the dude, I don't know his situation, but you know, the face value that most people took was that like he had those issues before he joined the Navy and a lot of people thought he was taking advantage of it. But anyway, he just said like this retiree was like, if this guy who served two years can claim all of these benefits and you're at your 10 year mark, like maybe your issues aren't as severe as his, but you are still just as deserving. Like, just don't forget that like you're, issues are valid no matter how small or insignificant you think they are compared to someone who really had it rough and um he was like it doesn't matter it's not about who had it worse and how much money they get at the end it's only just kind of keep blinders on and worry about yourself and it'll be fine yeah i agree and i like even if you're out like i know there's a couple groups on facebook where like they do try to get more VA benefits and there is the group of veterans that do try to continue to help each other, try to get more, but just realize like there are resources out there. Like if you are struggling, like in, in any aspect, right? Like it doesn't even mm-hmm. have to just, but there are resources and take advantage of them. And I don't yeah. think a lot of people do or tell people about them because my grandpa he didn't know he was allowed to go to the, like, he, he's on medication now from some of the, the PTSD, but it took him, like, 40 years before he realized, like, that was even an option. Wow. So, and I think, sad. Uh, and, and it's just, like, I think if we stick together and we continue promoting, like, how to help each other. I think there's so many things that we could take advantage of to be better and not even just, you know, being a better veteran or being a better service person, just being mm-hmm. essentially just better and happier overall. So I always yeah. like to try to like tell people like, do you know what you're entitled to? Because if not here, I will send you, you know, here's the list of stuff that you, you do have benefits for. Do you have any, um, like little golden nuggets that you like to share with people about their benefits or anything that you want to share that you think people might not know about? Honestly, my big thing is always education, right? Like I know the the nation as a whole is trying to get the student loan debt free or whatever. But I'm like, take advantage of going to school. Like take it when you are in the military, take as many clubs as you can. Take as many Dantes. They're free for you. If you fail, then okay, it's not money out of your pocket. I wouldn't recommend failing because then you have to take the class. And then if you go to like AMU, it's like $750, which I'm sure it's gone up. But excuse me, these allergies. Um, <laughs> but it is the season. Um, yeah. <laughs> take advantage of 
what all the education benefits like take complete take complete advantage so when i was in i took every clip i could take tapped out my ta so tap out your ta every year you get essentially i went to amu so american military university it's all online um for my undergrad and with how that was set up you could take six year or six classes per year all right mm -hmm. so you could easily um get your bachelor's for free with not even tapping into the gs so take advantage of that because i feel like a lot of people don't take advantage of that oh, absolutely um, take advantage of the gi bill so with the gi bill do not take it when you are in because you're going to lose so much money um <laughs> sorry um so oh my gosh <laughs> excuse me so with the gi bill yeah don't use it when you're in um because you are going to be losing out on the bah so <clears throat> When I was in, I took advantage of the clubs and the TA. And then when I went out, I took advantage of the GI Bill. So with the GI Bill, yeah. you get that housing stipend. And if you're in, that's where they don't give it to you because then you're double tapping. Um, so that's where you start losing a lot of that money. Um, also, if like your spouse does give it to you um, and your husband or wife is still in you will also lose that housing stipend because it's double tapping so yeah. um there's like a couple different things just like regulations but take advantage of all the education benefits mm -hmm. um i got an associate's bachelor's master's and going for my doctorate for pretty much all for free so that is amazing um i I always tell people to take advantage of the education benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And just um, a quick note, I haven't used my GI Bill yet. I plan on doing it. I want to do a little more research on like what exactly I want to do with it because I did get, I did the same thing as you. I did CLIP um, and maxed out my TA in while I served and got my bachelor's. So whatever I get now is just for fun and mm -hmm. might as well use it if i have it that's my mindset yeah. um and it's the housing money is just why wouldn't i do it but anyway um the money for your housing is like retroactive like it doesn't you don't get paid the day you start school it's like a month or two delay so if you are thinking about using your gi bill and you need the money fast don't rely on that as your only source of income because it does come after your classes already start by a month or two. Yep. Yeah. That's actually that was one thing. I just, you know, the military, the, the government in general is slow to pay you. Just remember that no matter what you do, it's never going to be fast. <laughs> so um, the last two questions I ask everyone are what advice you would have to a woman that is joining the military or even like a woman currently serving um, and then the second question is, what advice do you have to a woman starting a business? I think to answer both of them is to stand up for yourself and stay true to yourself. Um, society tends to have a double standard, unfortunately. Um, you have to stand, stay true to yourself. Um, I've seen so many women in the military get steamrolled because they were timid or they felt like it wasn't their place to stand up but mm -hmm. listen lean into the table 
Like you are sitting at that table just like everyone else. So lean in. Um, and I'm very big on like entrepreneur and self-help books. Um, Cheryl Sandberg, she's the C or she was the CFO. I don't know if she still is of Facebook, but she has a book called lean in. And I thought it was really good about being a woman in a male dominated space. So just stay true to yourself. Um, stand up for yourself in both the military and in business. Yeah, that is great. Um, and if you send me that book link, I will put it in the show notes too. So everyone can see it. And where can people follow you? What, what's your website, socials, all those things. Main Instagram is Brittany Wick underscore fitness. Um, my name is spelled weird. So it is I N I E. There's no a, um, I also am working on the women serve too. So the social media handle is at women serve too. Um, right now I have an Etsy shop. I may am working on the uh, website for women serve too, but uh, I'm not there yet. But if you go on Etsy um, slash shop slash women serve too, I'm going to be continuing to put out a little bit of merchandise. 10% is always going to go to profits to charity or 10% of the profits are going to go to charities that benefit female veterans. And then my main website is Brittany Wick. I'm so excited. I'm going to check out your Etsy shop as soon as we get off of here. Oh, thanks. It's just sweatshirts right now. I mean, it's his the season, but I am yeah. going to be adding more stuff. So make sure you at least like um, the store. So then I could continue putting out more merchandise. Yeah, absolutely. I will go favorite it right after this. But thank you so much, Brittany. It was great talking to you. And who knows, maybe we'll have you on again once your uh, website goes viral. (laughs) Thanks. I love being (laughs) on here. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. And until next time, take care. You too.